Welcome everyone to episode 001 of the Overland Trail Guides podcast. I am your host, Ben Easley, and this is where we talk about all things overlanding. We're going to talk about overland adventures. We're going to talk to people in the industry. We're going to talk to crazy people. We have a crazy guest today. I think you're really going to like him. Uh, be sure to check us out at www.overlandtrailguides.com. Uh, our website features overland routes all across North America. And if you're watching us on YouTube or some other podcast medium, be sure to subscribe and let's get into it. So this week we have Brooks Hassig from Get Lost with Brooks. Brooks, you want to give yourself an intro? Tell us about where you live, what you're about, what you do. Absolutely. And thanks for having me, Ben. Um, it's awesome to be here on episode one. Um, my name is Brooks Hassig and uh I run a YouTube channel and an Instagram called Get Lost with Brooks. Uh, it's an outdoor adventure show, um, which has a lot of overlanding in it. Um, I think that if we're going to change, if we're going to save the world, we have to help people build a relationship with the natural environment. So I'm all about connecting people with the natural beauty and that sense of awe uh, that nature can bring us. So that's what mm -hmm. the channel is all about, uh, adventure. Uh, and, uh, and natural beauty. Um, now I've lived in the Bay area for a decade and my formative years were spent in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and, uh, previous to running a channel full time, which is just like a weird thing to say, uh, that I do that. Um, but I was a designer, a product designer. Um, and most recently at Facebook working on Facebook stories. And cool. I think, I think that's everything. I don't know if it is, but we'll roll with it. We'll roll okay. with it. And so we're calling this episode The Pensgower Adventure. And I think this is on your YouTube channel, 2018, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yep. And if I recall, you were in between jobs. You decided to go on a little bit of, it, of an adventure. Maybe you can kind of tell us what was going on in your life at this time, why you decided to go on this on this adventure, and what made it so unique? Totally. Um, yeah, you're bringing it all back. Uh, I was in between jobs. I was actually, if memory serves, I was, I had left my uh, designer role at open table and I was going to be starting a role at Facebook. Um, and that was really exciting for me because I had interviewed three times to get in there um, mm -hmm. and I had finally made it. Um, so like that was, it was cool. So maybe this was like a triumphant, a tour, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to do something fun. Now yeah. I have this friend. I think we all have this friend, or and if we don't, we should. Uh, his name is Sasha Twainy, and he's um, he's uh, he's a quirky guy. Okay, here's his thing. He likes to have two of everything that is kind of old and doesn't really work. So like two mm -hmm. old Ferraris, two old jet skis, two old RVs, two old wooden boats. Um, I could I could just keep going, okay? Mm -hmm. Like the audio systems always like this kind of like old, has to get the right parts. Anyway, this is his thing. So he and I, years ago, we were running a company together and we were in Tahoe? Carson City? Oh, God, where were we? We were somewhere, anyway, somewhere up in the mountains. And we came across a Pinsgower. And 
it was bright yellow, this one, and it just stuck out like a sore thumb. And he was like, I love it. I want it. And so we ended up finding the guy who owns it and we got a ride in it. And he was like, I love it. And he bought it. Um, and then as he likes to do, he bought two. So, so I think you need to tell what is a Pinsgauer? You know, I, I think there's probably some people out there that know what it is, but I'm going to guess most people watching this podcast have no clue what a Pinsgauer is. Totally. And, and you should look it up on my channel or on Google. Um, it's crazy. Um, there's many different kinds of Pinsgauers. Let me describe the one that I took on this adventure. Okay. It's a six wheeled military vehicle built mm. by the Austrians for the Swiss military. And in this case, it's a troop transport. Um, um, the one that I took on this adventure, it's, it's, it can go six wheel drive. Each wheel is individually articulating, uh, with uh, what lockers on each wheel. It's Triple very locked. rudimentary. Triple locked. Mm. Uh, built in 1974. So very okay. rudimentary. But like kind of like my favorite kind of rudimentary, you know, like like it's, yeah, it's like what a Land Rover would want to be if it grows up. Um, and, uh, or is it Land Cruiser? Cruiser? Fuck me. I mean, screw it. No swearing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so the, basically that's the deal. It's super, super basic military troop transport. And so you talk to your buddy Sasha and you're yeah. like, I don't have anything to do for two weeks. Can I borrow your contraption? And yeah, you're getting me back on track. I appreciate that. What are you what are you gonna do with it? What's your idea? Well, look, I wanted to have a I wanted to have fun, and all I had at the time was like a really bad rickety old jeep i think it was a 94 um jeep cherokee and uh it was just falling apart and so i wanted to go have an adventure so i said sasha can i borrow one of your pinsgowers and he goes yeah so um you know i i didn't really have a strong plan of where i was going to take it you know or what i was going to do i was a lot younger then and i i wasn't a lot younger two years but like <laughs> i hadn't really gotten into overlanding yet so i didn't yeah. know how to plan my trips i didn't know how to research where to go um all I knew is I wanted the gear and I wanted the adventure. Um, and so That's I went up. really matters sometimes, you know, like I, I think people go, it's great to plan, but sometimes people just go crazy with that stuff. And it, it's so rigid and it's like, well, where, where's the adventure? Where's the spontaneity? So kudos to you're you exactly for doing right. That. Yeah. I mean, it's how I got my start is just trying yeah. to go. And I've learned now the right balance there. I'm sure you could do a whole podcast on planning, mm -hmm. but like, I try to do a fair amount of research up front and then, you know, you learn, you go and you learn and you, that's the real deal. Um, so anyway, I, I went out to Marin and Sausalito um, north of the Golden Gate Bridge, north of San Francisco, um, at where he kept it. And he gave me just a really brief tour of it. We found some patch of land that was kind of off-roady, actually pretty <laughs> off-roady. And he just gave me a demo, you know, like, uh, yeah. We drove around and then he was like, okay, you need to drive it back to Sausalito now. So I got in the driver's seat after not really using it too much and like drove uphill and downhill in this manual. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say the clutch was not great in this thing. And that was my first experience um, driving it. And then the next time that I drove it was me leaving town in it. So not a lot of experience with the machine. Um, and, um, yeah, that, so that's sort of how this whole thing started. I, I just I came, I packed it up. Um, 
my Burning Man camp, which is a whole other um, story, but let's just say that there's an organization of, of friends, we build stuff. I borrowed um, a solar uh, electrical setup from them. So it was oh, just cool. a freestanding setup that we built. Um, it was very heavy, very rudimentary as well. And I tossed that in the back. This nice. one was a troop carrier with just um, tarps around it. So yeah. I could just roll up the tarps and put everything in the back. I put a mattress back there, cooler. Oh, and so you're, you're camping in the back. I was going to sleep. Yeah. Camp in the back. That's rad. That's right. Yeah. And store that everything so in the rad. back. And um, so, yeah, you're in Sausalito. You get the 10 minute tutorial on what all these things do, how to lock it, how to turn it on, how to shift it. Now, there's a couple things that I think you left out about the Penzgauer. Um, as you mentioned, it, it was built in 1974. Yeah. So everything, was everything functioning functioning in it like it was new? Or, or were there a couple of things that you kind of had to, had to guess in regards to how it was working? Ben, I got to say, you're a great interviewer, man. You've like done your homework here. This is awesome. <laughs> no, not everything was working. Um, like, like what? Enlighten us. Okay. okay. Just from memory, the gas gauge, the gas was gauge. not working. So I didn't have a good idea of its fuel mileage or capacity. Now, if I remember correctly, the, like the tripometer was not working either. <laughs> so I had to sort of like guess based on Google maps, how long yeah. I've gone. And with a vague assessment, if I'm getting this amount of mileage, then it must be that, which by the way, drops dramatically, I learned mm -hmm. when you're in all wheel drive. So that, that'll come in uh, as a pivotal plot point later. Uh, and then the muffler wasn't um, really oh, working. Muffler. So, I don't know right, if I so remember the, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the engine in the Pinsgauer sits under the cabin. It's actually kind of in the cabin, kind of like right next to you, really. So it's um, nice and quiet while you're rolling down the freeway at 55 miles an hour, right? Just like driving in a Lexus, right? Good no. God. No, I okay. wore earplugs um, because it was so loud because there's a hole in the muffler right under the cabin. I, I, it was, it was, and it was, there was a hole in the cabin. So the smoke was actually coming in. So I had to take a bandana <laughs> and, and shove it in there. So the oh smoke was coming in, but yeah. the sound was bad and it actually got worse as I went along. It actually got louder. So, um, I think that was all that was broken with it. Unless you remember anything else. I think there was a spring missing on the gas pedal too. Oh, is that right? Okay. That's, wow, you that's really... what you said in episode one, I think, or day one. Yeah. yeah. So I remember yeah. you were talking about you would hit the accelerator and it would just keep going. It would. That's yeah. correct. That was really intense. And the other thing is that with the clutch, you couldn't take it too low. So you couldn't really stop ever without it dying. There was a high likelihood <sighs> that it would die at a light, wow. at a stoplight, um, on a turn. You had to be really, really gentle um, with it. So actually, here's what it was. You had to, um, if you put it into neutral, you had to keep feeding it. You had to keep feeding it. So you couldn't ever just be in neutral. It was actually a giant pain in the butt. Now, I imagine as you're, you're rolling stop signs and trying to keep it running, like a cop sees this thing, you know, I, I can't believe they're going to pull you over, right? They're just kind of like, whoa, what, what is that thing? You know, yeah. are they, is he in the military or is he, is he just some crazy dude? Right. Well, so I'm glad you brought it up. You know, uh, 
I've got massive privilege right here being a white guy with an awesome looking beard um, and a man. <laughs> I don't think anybody thought twice. The only type of looks that I got were awesome looks. People that were like, sweet. yeah, dude, what? It was, it was kind of fun to get the attention, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, plus, it was just yeah. super, super loud. Right? Yeah, that's, that's rad. So you get your tutorial and you said, screw it. I'm going to head north. Or I don't know what you were thinking, but you head north. And I grew up in Marin County. And you go out to China Camp State Park, which is also in Marin. And things don't necessarily go as planned. So what happens on that first night of camping? I mean, you only went about 10 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's really, it's some amount of planning is important, you know? Um, and I was just thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just find something, you know? So <laughs> I headed out and um, I drove to, I don't know, I was just Googling as I was driving, you know, oh, this looks like a place that I might be able to find parking so that I can camp. And I went to China camp. And of course, there was nothing good there. It was all mm -hmm. don't do overnight, um, yada, yada. And so I started to panic. It's, it's walk-in camping there, right? Like you can't even yeah. park your vehicle there. So yeah. Right, right. It was a bad scene for me. And I was starting to freak out because the sun was getting low. And like my number mm -hmm. one least favorite thing is finding a campsite after dark. I think you can yes. relate. Yes. Um, just because so much can go wrong. And so you know what I did? I just looked at Google Maps and I was like, all right, I'm going to just sleep in a residential neighborhood and I'm going to pull up as far as I can into the hills into some <laughs> back cul-de-sac something or other and just try to blend in somehow. So I, I think the I think I know what street you were on actually because I used what? to ride my mountain bike over there. Yes. Well, I mean, I grew up over there. I grew yeah. up over here. So I'm familiar with that. I was like, I know what street he's on. Um, yeah, that's crazy. But But again, I think if you were in something like a van, even a sprinter van, somebody might've called the cops on you, but that thing, it's like, that thing is rad. Okay. I don't know what it's doing here, but I want to look at it and I'm just going to leave it alone. To this day, I'm not sure how I got so lucky because I encountered neighbors and I, I mean, I was looking dirty and sweaty and cause like <laughs> driving, it's not easy and yeah, um, dressed in all tan and like, I think it looked like I was camping. It looked like I was staying in it, you know, and people you were, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't get any trouble. I don't know. I got really lucky. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's rad. So things not going well, but then you, you sleep in a residential neighborhood or you camp in a residential neighborhood and you don't have any issues. So all, all of a sudden things look like, hopefully look like they're back on track. And yeah. then I assume for day two, you're not like, I want to sleep in the neighborhood again. Let's get on the road and continue the adventure. And I think you went up to uh, to Ukiah. And it's funny because I had mentioned this. I forgot about this in your episode. I was like, hey, Brooks, do you know about the, the city of 10,000 Buddhas? And I think you said no to me. And I don't know if you were just messing with me or you forgot, but you went there in this episode. I must not have heard you because okay. I would not forget about the city of 10,000 Buddhas. Yes, it's which is a rad so, place. It's so memorable. It's so mm -hmm. beautiful. And I'm frankly a little embarrassed that I rolled into such a tranquil setting with such a loud vehicle. Um, <laughs> really, just you just have to remember every time I'm driving it, yeah. I'm wearing earplugs. Yeah. Um, 
And so I rolled into there. There's peacocks rolling around. The, yeah. the city of 10,000 Buddhas, by the way, sits um, at the base of South Cow Mountain, where, which where, is home to- Where uh, is that? So I think, um, is that right between Ukiah and Clear Lake? Yeah, so um, that is, that's like in, in uh, central Mendocino County, basically, for those of you that aren't familiar with, uh, with uh, Ukiah, which is, what, about an hour and a half north of, maybe two hours north of the Golden Gate, something like that? I figured that I would be heading up to the Lost Coast because I thought that that sounded interesting. And I, I think I'd read something about Usol Road, you know, just a way to go through. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'll go there and... I had been reading about South Cow Mountain off highway recreation vehicle area, OHV area. And I thought, well, I, I, I'm sure I can find some camping there. Thank God I did. But anyway, as I was going, I was like, there's a Buddhist temple here. The, the temple of a thousand Buddhas. I got to see this place. <laughs> yeah, man, I rolled in there. I meditated in the temple. I saw the 10,000 Buddhas. I nice. prayed. I saw the peacocks and it's a rad spot. Yeah, man. I wish it's, I could have stayed longer. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, if you are going through the one Oh one through Mendocino, it's definitely worth checking out, but you know, just, just be respectful. They do open, they do open up portions of it to the public, but it is a really, really cool spot to check out. So you're up in cow mountain. I'm, I'm familiar with it. It's uh I would call it like typical BLM land. It's kind of like the wild west. You know, there's people shooting guns. Uh, there's four, four by four trails everywhere. And people are in their side by sides and their Jeeps with their giant 37 inch wheels and, and just loving life. And so they see you rolling up there. And I don't know what that thing has like 45 inch wheels or something. And what are the looks that you're getting from people? I mean, it started a lot of conversations in the parking lot. Like, honestly, it was so much fun. Um, and um, I actually made a friend in that parking lot who's a firefighter and we're still friends on Facebook, you That's know, um, just a cool guy. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, you, that was, uh, there weren't a lot, a lot of people in the parking lot. So I got a map, you know, uh, and I, I started making my way over to a campsite. My big interest was getting into a campsite instead of like ripping it up. Cause I didn't really know the capabilities of this vehicle. You got to remember it's like, my and second. it's not yours important yeah you're right yes yes um i passed a lot of people who were pretty impressed and that was fun um yeah. but i was delighted to be the only person at camp up at the top i stayed at um one of the campsites up there i'd have to look it up but um it's up on the top of this peak and um just got it all to myself i didn't really didn't bothered and the next day i kind of hightailed it out of there so yeah. um yeah i didn't really get to interact much with the gun toting locals <laughs> you know, one, then, one just little thing that I want to say is like, I've never said this to anybody, but when I went there, it was destroyed. There was garbage yeah. everywhere. And I am still guilty to this day that I didn't clean up that site. And, you know, Ben, you and I, we just went on a two trips together and I'm, did. I'm mad about cleaning up campsites. Like I'll just go yeah. all the way. And I think part of that is just because that's my character, but I think part of it's driven by this experience of leaving the campsite and being like, this place is trashed, but it's not my trash. No, yeah. man, that sucks. You know? So now I try to make up for that. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, um, some of it, 
I think for me is a little bit of selfishness that I want to be able to be able to go back and enjoy that spot and hopefully have other people that enjoy it too. Right. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's not selfishness, but like, I want to enjoy that. And if people are messing it up, you know, we're seeing that in Big Sur and Sedona and a lot of other places with all the COVID campers out there right now, these places are just flooded and BLM, the forest service, they don't have the human power to, to handle the influx of people out there. But we'll talk about that probably in a future episode. I think we even discussed having an episode about that. Um, yeah. But let's, Let's talk about this adventure. Um, I yep. want to make sure that we we get through this all. So I might kind right. of expedite some of this. So day three, let's go. let's go. You got another friend who happens to have who happens to have who happens to have a really rad cabin out in the Anderson Valley, uh, which is what, on the way out to the Mendocino Coast. Right. So, did you know you were going to go to that cabin, or were you kind of just like, I'm in the area. Let me hit them up, and it seems like a good place to crash. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was feeling a little, um, um, a little lost and a little concerned because I hadn't made good plans, and so yeah, yeah. I was having a burrito somewhere, and I a called my buddy. Huge burrito, yeah, a huge burrito, it's massive, yes. and yeah, yeah, I straight up just called my buddy and was like, "Hey, man, he was my roommate in college, and I'd been up to this cabin a few times. Oh, wow, his, his, his dad built it, um, yeah, above the Anderson Valley." Um, in Boonville and totally off the grid. It totally worked. Um, you know, they've got their own water, their own well, their own septic. It was totally cool. See, I mean, I rolled up and like unboarded some of the windows and just like made camp for the night and slept inside. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. You had some really great drone shots from there too. So check out the video. I think that was on day three, uh, Mendocino, it's, it's such a rad, rad place. And I liked one of the things Well, you said a couple, you had a couple of memorable quotes from the, this particular day. Yeah. Um, I think you had a slogan, no destination, no goal. I like that one. And then the other one that I think you left us with, I feel like this trip is trying to tell me something. This trip yeah. is a silly metaphor for life. And do you, do you remember saying that? I'd, I'd kind of be curious wow. to wonder what was going, th- well, now I can't ask you the follow-up question then. Well, I, it was very contemplative. That, that particular, um, actually that particular, at that location, I took some mushrooms. Are we okay. allowed to talk about that? Can I say that? Yeah, um, it's, I did. Yeah. Um, I went to UC Santa Cruz, so, you know, I'll, I'll okay. just leave it at that. Yeah, I took some and it wasn't great. I actually had a bad experience. Oh, wow. Um, And I think that once I came down, I was very contemplative. And, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I was really like, what is this trip? What are we doing? Um, I have practiced meditation and yoga for most of my life in in a pretty serious capacity. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I was like, what is all of this? Why am I going on this trip? And what am I seeking? And, and, uh, (laughs) isn't this just like life? We don't really know where we're going and people help us along the way. And, and what am I missing? And I think I was kind of feeling lonely too at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we should come back and revisit that question. Maybe when we get to the end of the end of your trip because there's some interesting things that happen. So mm-hmm. you vacate the Anderson Valley and you head for the lost coast. You saw yeah. beach. Yeah. And 
you said you want to see some big trees. Now, I, I noticed something that you were wearing on your red shirt. You have this lightning bolt. And it, for whatever reason, it caught my eye. I feel like there's a backstory to that little lightning bolt pen that you're wearing. Is there? Totally. Yeah, there totally is. There totally is. Um, um, I mean, it's like a big, it's, it's a big question. Um, the short version is that it's the, to me, that lightning bolt is the, is the, the lightning of Thor. Um, mm. and when Thor came out, I was just a very different person and I don't, I don't know why just the character inspired me. Um, and I completely transformed my body. Um, I actually hit the gym super hard and gained a ton of muscle mass, just like, a, I don't actually don't remember. What did I go from? Maybe like 30 or to 40 pounds of muscle mass. And wow. I grew a beard and I grew my hair and yeah. I don't know. I just embraced my Viking roots. Um, <laughs> and I did my genetic test, by the way, I come from all the places that they pillaged. So you do the math. Anyway, yeah. the lightning bolt to me is just that symbol of power and that, yeah. and remembering, you know, the, the, the power of myth. The power of being connected to something that mm -hmm. inspires you. That's what it's that's all about. rad. Yeah. I think that's really cool cool to embrace that on this type of adventure too. So you drive out to Usall Beach and tell us about Usall Beach. Like I'm familiar with it. I think most people that are into overlanding in Northern California have have at least heard about it. But you know, we have a lot of people that aren't from Northern California. So tell us a little bit about it. For sure, man, for sure. The entrance to Usall Beach is the most unassuming little turnoff. I actually missed it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so beautiful. It is. It's so mysterious. And it really feels like you're driving into the lost world. Um, you know, the mist and the trees and the greenery. And um, it's very different than what you would expect in California because you're getting more moisture. Um, things are greener. And the road to it is just adventurous enough. It is, you know, to get you excited and, and, and you go for just a little jaunt there and then it drops into the valley and you can see you salt beach and you can see that whole valley and turning that mm -hmm. corner going down. It's etched into my memory. So beautiful with the green trees and the water and the ocean. And then you're down into the trees and you cross this little, little bridge. And then you're at like this parking area or this, this, um, something, I think I might've, missed an area in my memory, but I did run into some crowds at one point because there were some elk and there were people around. Mm -hmm. And then I kept going past them. I can't quite remember where that was. Maybe that was down at the entrance. But surprisingly, when I crossed that bridge and I turned to go out to the ocean, snaking through the trees as I did, following the little river and mm -hmm. having it open up, maybe it's just my memory, but I felt like I was the only person there. You know, you hear a lot of stories about it being really crowded. And our friend was there recently, said there were people lighting off fireworks, which are illegal. Yeah. There. Yeah. And, and there was a fire um, last year because of that. Yeah. Come the, on, the hillside actually caught on fire because people were doing that. But the hills were yeah, alive. I think a lot more people are camping out there now, especially with COVID. And it just yeah. seems like with Instagram, a lot of people know about you, Saul. I wouldn't be surprised if you were one of a few people when you went out there. Um, I'm actually going to be out there on Thursday. You know, there's a bunch of fires going on in Northern California. We had to change our plans. We are going to the coast. I actually have a, I have a funny story the first time I went out to Usall Beach. Yeah. So I was with my kid, Thomas, who was four years old at the time. And we were driving out there 
and everything that you talked about. Uh, there's no fog. We catch the glimpse of the ocean and we're like, oh my God, this is so rad. Cause I feel like whenever I'm in Fort Bragg or Mendocino, half the time it's fogged in, but it was just like epic. And you know, that turquoise, dirty turquoise color of the sea, it was rad. So we get out to Usall Beach and this was in like April or May. So kind of at the tail end of the wet season and it rains a lot out there. And my kid loves going through mud puddles. You know, he sees one, he's like, go. And I'm like, okay, I got to do it. And there's a big mud puddle. And there happens to be a land cruiser right there. And I assumed that the windows were rolled up. And he says, go. And I go. And it's, <sighs> and then I realize this guy is tailing me for like a quarter of a mile. And I'm like, what's, what's going on? And I finally stop. He's missing his bottom front teeth. And he yells at me, you got my old lady wet. And I'm like, oh, crap. You know, he like, I think if my kid wasn't there, he was like ready to go toe to toe. But I, I had no, wait, I remember after we went through it, I remember the back window was open with the dog's head sticking out but I didn't realize the front window was open too. And I was like, crap. Because if, if I knew that, there's no way I would have done that. Right. So he cooled off. I saw him on the beach. I offered him a couple of beers. Um, he accepted the apology. So, you know, I'll got to always bring the Bud Light with you, man. You know, that's, that's like the peace sign with the locals, the peace offering. Um, so we, we made amends, but my takeaway was, don't splash somebody's car, you know, like even if your kid wants you to do it. And I wasn't trying to splash the car. I was just trying to go through the mud puddle, but, uh, it was, hey. it was a harrowing experience for sure. But, this uh, podcast is brought okay. to you by Bud Light. Uh, I want yes. to say thanks to Bud Light for yes. bringing us the story. Yes. Yeah. Bread, Bud Light bringing people together since, I don't yeah. know, 1882. I want to say that when I went there, because it was so isolated, you know, you got a picture like a Pacific Northwest thing. This doesn't feel like California. It's like a yeah. blend. There were elk out there grazing on the beach, you know, this beautiful yep. stone beach. It was, it was like I had been transported and it was the adventure that I was looking for. I felt like That's I had rad. finally arrived in the wilderness. Totally. I totally agree. And I, I think what's so special about Usall beach, other than that, it's been discovered um, you know, Northern California is not Nevada or Utah. Yes, there is public lands, but a lot of the stuff that is close to the Sacramento and the Bay Area, it's all highly regulated because there's over 10, 10 million people there. And so this is like one of the closest places that you can actually go drive out onto the beach and camp at the beach. So it's, it's a unique gem for sure. And as everything Brooks said, it's it is so rad. There's redwoods, there's ferns, there's Douglas fir. You got the elk out there. Um, I know when we were out there, we saw like three osprey right when we pulled up, just all circling. It's, it's, such, a, it's such a special place. And, and going back to what you said, at, what you experienced at Cow Mountain, they are seeing so much traffic out there. I think for those of us that are lucky enough to go out there, we have to try to haul out as much garbage as we can or else it's going to end up like Big Sur. You know, they're going right. to close it. So respect yeah. it, love it, save it for the future, save it for posterity. And bring some garbage bags. Just 
plan to bring some garbage bags. To some yes, bring some garbage bags. Um, and so I, I think the motto of this trip is it is it is an overlanding experience. You are not staying the same place. Well, n- not until the end of the, the end of this journey for more than a single night. And That's so right. you wake up in the morning. It's time to hit the road. What's the plan? You are you're heading north. I don't remember where I stayed that night, but as I recall, that was a full day and I didn't camp at the beach. Oh, you did just watched my series. So maybe, you know, but I think what I ended up doing was, um, that was a really long day. It was one of the longest days of my overlanding career. Um, so you, did you go North to shelter cove and to one of the, um, the BLM campgrounds then? Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Ah, I should have stayed drove. (laughs) <laughs> I should have stayed. I should have stayed at Utah Beach because it was so beautiful. And I don't think that it's like this anymore because our friend yeah. just went and did Utah Road north of Utah Beach. And I, he said it was fine. But man, when I did that road, look, I had just experienced the beauty of Utah Beach. I was just in this other lost world looking for dinosaurs to crash out of the forest. <laughs> and it all came crashing down. When I started north on the road, it was one of the worst conditions roads that I had ever seen. Deep ruts, consistent, no letting it up, up and down and around with no turnouts and no view, all forest. Mm-hmm. For And I don't even know how, how many miles it was because I didn't have a tripometer. And I'm yep. in a vehicle that could take it, by the way. I, I had the lockers on and I had an all wheel drive and it was just take mowing. It. it was mowing through these things, just, bro, bro, bro. but I couldn't stop because if and I slowed down too much, it would stall out. And does it have power steering? Oh, I, did I not mention that? I, I don't know if we touched upon that. So no power. And steering. how much does that thing weigh? Like five tons or something? Oh, uh, uh, good question. I, I wanted to have that number here for you, but I don't actually know. It's heavy. Um, it's very heavy. Yes. Yeah. And it doesn't have power steering. And it has six yeah. wheels. And you're going over ruts. And so the vehicle can take it. But what's the experience for the person driving it? I wasn't taking it super well. Um, <laughs> I didn't even film it. You know, I was trying to like film a thing for this. And I just couldn't. I was yes. so done when I made it through. And I th- I knew that I was low on gas um, because I was in six wheel drive and yep. I wasn't sure how low on gas I was, but when I made it to like the first to the end and like to a crossroads yeah. to pavement, I can still remember the adrenaline and cause you're getting shaken up. You're getting exposed to the elements. Um, ben, I never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, that, that was funny. I remember you hit the pavement and the road is MFing paved. I remember you yelling that. Um, it's, it, I, I remember every minute of ending that road. So driving overlanding the Penskauer seems like a good idea, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I drive the Lexus LX570, which is like a Lexus Land Cruiser. It's pretty plush. I feel like the driving Oopsie. experience would have been, yeah, yeah, whatever it's used. Um, I feel like the driving experience would have been a little bit different in that versus the Pensgauer. I mean, it sounds like that thing just beats you up as you're driving. 
It was really rough, man. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're using your whole body to steer as well, right? Yeah. Because there's no power steering. I mean, long story short, I I, I just never want to do that again. It was so. I mean, bad. that's why you had you had your Thor lightning bolt, right? You had to you had to channel your inner Thor and break out the muscles and put on the tank top. I, I just Dude. imagine you like yelling out the window as you're driving down there. <laughs> I did yell. I yelled a lot. Um, and when I uh, made it to one of the BLM campgrounds later that yeah. day, it was already starting to get dark. And yeah. I thought I'd read coming in that there were bears. And I there went are. back and I confirmed there were. And yeah. I didn't have any bear bins or anything. So I had to make shift a hoist. So hoist everything up into a tree. And I'm digging deep at this point. I'm freaking done man and when i tapped out that day i slept so well it was yeah. incredible yeah i hear you you have those long days and and usually usually at least my experience is i i crash hard and feel refreshed the next day so you wake up the next day are you feeling refreshed how are you feeling about the adventure after your uh, your escapades through the lost coast are you like i need more dirt or wh where are you off to next where is your mind what? at I was a little let down. I, I was really looking for like this big wilderness experience and I didn't know it hurt so bad Yeah, uh, in the lost coast, you know? And, um, I, I honestly need to go back so that I can have a better experience there. Cause I know it, I know there's good there. So no, I needed more, I needed more nature and I needed more beauty. You know, mm -hmm. I'm looking for those moments of awe. And so I went and visited Redwood national park, Nice. Um, and I went and drove the Avenue of the Giants, um, and I got out there, man. And that was beautiful. Those are good memories. It was easy driving. I yeah. found a campsite. Thank God. Guys, anybody that's listening to this, please just know that it is not easy to find just free campsites in California, especially Northern California. You know, yeah. things happen in Southern, Southern California towards Death Valley, Mojave. Yeah, it's all good, man. But Northern California, what is going on? It's just, you can't just wing it. And I was trying to wing it. I got lucky. Uh, you know, I got some good hiking in. I got some permits. I got a good campsite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got what I needed there. And I really lucked out. Yeah. I felt good. Yeah. Yeah, Avenue of the Giants is a rad, rad place. I love Humboldt Redwoods. Um, if you haven't been there, I think it's called Bull Flat. And so did you, you didn't go to Matoll River, right? I think you must have cut over. Okay. So if you go out to Matoll River, which is basically west of Humboldt Redwoods, it goes through Bull Flat. And the redwoods in that section are, and I'm not saying the ones along the Avenue of the Giants aren't spectacular, but Bull Flat is just next level. Next level. I, I highly recommend checking it out. And it's right, it's right off of Avenue of the Giants too. And then it an hour, hour, 20 minutes. Uh, there's also the Matoll River Valley, which is spectacular and gorgeous and looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. And you can camp at the beach there as well. Um, you can't, well, you can't camp on the beach. You can't drive on the beach there, but they have like sites basically on the dunes that you can camp at. And it's a pretty cool spot. Uh, but wow. Usol is a special place. So you go to Redwood National Park. I think you stayed at Patrick's Point. I've actually stayed there too. That is a rad spot. There's some really yeah. cool hiking trails and some great views of the, the Pacific on some bluffs. Um, and you stay up in this area for a couple of days. Uh, I think you see some more elk at Elk Meadow, right? Oh, that's where I saw the elk. Yeah, they, they were at Elk Meadow. It was They totally were at Elk Meadow. 
What did you think of Redwood National Park? I, I actually haven't been there. Well, I, I didn't get to go and see like the big guys, I think, mm. because I had just shown up and I thought, oh, I'll just show up. No, man, it's like permitted and yeah. like, you know, lit rate, rate limited. So I got a permit to go to some off to the side thing. Uh, and, and it was the, great. That was the one with the gate, right? Where you opened yeah, the gate or the gate. whatever? That's right. Okay. It, it, uh, man, look, it was great. They were beautiful, big trees. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Maybe there could be bigger. Maybe they could be more beautiful. I'd yeah. love to find out, but I had a great time. Yeah. And, you know, people come visit San Francisco and they go to Muir Woods. That's right in my backyard. Muir Woods is cool, but if you go to Humboldt Redwoods or the stuff up north, it it's it's next level, man. You feel like you're an Ewok walking through these giants that have been here for 2,000 years. I, I highly recommend it. Um, you also visited Fern Canyon. Oh yes. my God. How could yeah. I forget? Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. And you had some rad drone shots in there too. That was some really cool drone shots. Guys, that was so beautiful. So worth it. I'd go back in a heartbeat. I'd go back right now. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's astonishing. Sheer walls on either side of a narrow river canyon covered in ferns, mm. overgrown with trees, deep into this mountainous area. I, dr I flew my drone straight up. You'd never know it was there from the, from wow. the, you know, from up high, it just, it's all forest and it's normal, everything. And then shoo, this one special valley, <laughs> incredible, man, incredible. And yeah. the way the river snakes through it, there's like, oh, these little, there's these little planks that you have to walk over. Um, and it wasn't that busy to my recollection. Um, it's very cool. It's very, very it's cool. Rad. Heck that yeah. is very cool. And then I was asking you before we jumped on today, we we're kind of talking about what we're going to talk about and everything. And I said, Hey, you were up at Redwood national park. You were in far Northern California, state of Jefferson, as they like to call it. And then your YouTube channel skips to day nine. So I think uh, day eight, did you, you went back to the Bay Area. Is that what happened there? So the story is that, you know, like I was saying, I was kind of feeling a little lonely. I didn't have yeah. a strong itinerary. Um, so uh, I actually called, I was seeing, I called some women. And um, one of them who I was kind of seeing at the time, um, who was a Playboy bunny. I'm just going to throw that out there. I thought that was cool. She were, She was going <laughs> to, I don't know, that's the only, I don't know only happens to you once, I guess. Uh, she, we were going to go do something somewhere and she was like, maybe no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. You know? And so I called my ex, um, Rachel, um, who's a totally dope person. And I thought she might be down for an adventure, you know, even in this insane vehicle. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, and I didn't really know maybe what we would do. I thought maybe we'd go to the Mojave or go somewhere up in the Sierra again, not strong planning skills at that time. Um, and, so yeah, man, I spent the entire day just ripping back down the coast wow. to San Francisco, picked her up in San Francisco, and we started heading east toward the Sierra. But That's a long didn't... haul. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was a long haul. But you know, when you're a lonely man, sometimes That's do what you some do. crazy things. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So you, you go pick up the X and you're going wherever. Yeah, and yeah, I gave her a set of, or what? Yeah. 
And what well, happens to the pen scour? I gave her a set of earplugs. We tossed everything in the back. And I had mentioned earlier, the noise in the vehicle started getting louder, right? It was getting worse. Um, so we're driving and we cross into the East Bay of uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. And we don't get too far um, until it starts overheating. It starts slowing mm. down. We pull off to the side of the road up in the hills, just nothing around, you know, one of those areas where the, the freeway just goes through these massive rolling hills and one of the belts has broken uh -oh. just clean off. Yeah. Uh, fan belt, I think. Um, and so it's not, it's not doing so good. And, um, you know, we see that the nearest city is not that far away. Um, and so we decided that we're going to go there and we're going to go to an auto parts store. I think it was AutoZone. Mm -hmm. Dude, we just took like 35 miles an hour in this thing. Not sure if we're going to make it. Stopping every now and again to cool down. And we make it into this parking lot. And we just set up camp in an AutoZone's parking lot for like <laughs> two days. Wow. And it's not just two days of chilling. It's yeah. two days of me trying to figure out how to get us back on the road. I'm Googling. I'm calling the owner. Um, You're drinking beer. I'm drinking beer. It's hot as hell. Um, I'm buying stuff from AutoZone and trying it out. I'm I'm charging the... The, I'm trying to check the charge on the 24 volt system, which by the way, it's a 24 volt system because why? Because screw you. That's why, um, <laughs> you know, um, you know, there's a kill switch. I didn't know there was a kill yes, switch. I'm trying that out. Switch. And the kill switch got it. I, I think kind of got it started, right? I tried I a number. Yeah. 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 Like we replaced the, the belt successfully. We took the engine out. Uh, the engine off, not the engine out. And we started working on the engine and we got the belt on and, you know, I, it had come with some special tools that the owner had given me, you know, to like be able to do that. I think he'd warned me like, here, you're going to need this. And boy, did I, you know, I was mm -hmm. like a special wrench. You'll and know um, you need it. Yeah. 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 Right. I and can't you know, tell you what it does, but you'll know when you need it. I thought I'd tried everything with this vehicle over the course of two days. And I think eventually the owner, I don't know where he was, but he was able to come out. Yes. And I remember that. Yeah. It ended so up you being, call him up and you're yeah. like, this special tool is not working. I tried this. I tried that. I'm out of beer. I'm in Tracy. Come get me. It was rough. Or come come really get your pens gower. There's a and really so, rough moment in the trip and in my spiritual life. Uh, it's funny you know, how things happen like that sometimes, right? Like we we build these things up and when they don't play out the way we expect them to. But I, I think that's, you've been overlanding a little bit longer now. I think that's one of the things you have to be comfortable with when you do this, like Things we know that the first time we went on a trip about a month ago, things didn't go as planned. Brooks <laughs> got a javelin through his radiator, and we had to tow him like 30 miles to town, basically. And so, okay. obviously, not like this one. We weren't up there for two days trying to fix your 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 FJ cruiser, but uh man, crap happens. 
right? Okay. For anyone listening and who may go on a trip with me at some point in the future, I just want you to know that it's I I, I often make it out of these trips without something breaking. Okay, just so that we're clear. <laughs> uh, okay, it just so happens that these you're one for three with me, or one for two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifty yeah. percent yeah. of the time, every yeah. time. Yeah, let's get them baseball, right? So, but you're right. You know, it didn't it didn't work out the way that I thought it would. Yeah, and and. I think I learned some really valuable lessons there, you know, but I just want to say, by the way, that for those of you who are curious, it was a spark plug. Um, it just needed and probably uh, a very special spark plug, not just like yeah. something you could get at O'Reilly, right. Or AutoZone. That's right. And yeah. um, go figure, you know, we ended up, he ended up being able to get it to run, but just barely, yeah. I mean, just, barely we got it going and it was to the point where we thought if it turned off we might not be able to start it again mm. and so when we got it right because we almost had it many times we were like very close um you know um and so when we got it going we just went and we went to an auto shop that specializes in pin scours that just so happens to be in the east bay Ooh. We went straight there and we dropped it off yeah. and he was like, boy, you need some work. All this stuff is broken. You know, one of the pistons wasn't working correctly. Um, <laughs> it wasn't firing. Um, he was like, wow, you, it's a, what, it's a four stroke, but it only was firing on three or like two oh and a half. God. Yeah. Oh my God. So, um, but you know what I learned from that What'd experience? Well, I'll tell you, Ben, I'll tell you. I, tell me, tell me. A little bit of planning goes a long way. I had used a little this bit. vehicle. Yeah, I'd only used this vehicle for like 30 minutes before I decided to take it on a massive overlanding trip. That's that's a that's a mid-20s move right there, or late 20s in my case. That's like yeah. not good thinking. Um, and, and I suffered the consequences, you know? And I would not do that again yeah. for that reason. Well, let me ask you this. So the Penn Scour goes to what was it like Expedition Imports or whatever the place was called in Vallejo, That's right? It. That's it. Yes. I assume it got a bunch of work done. Yeah. Would you, if Sasha said, Brooks, I want you to film another video on your YouTube channel, would you take it out again if he said, Here are the keys? Yeah. You would. I, I would, you know, I'm a little bit surprised by that because the way that you left the episode, you made it sound like you were not, you didn't want to see another Penske hour again. You were over it at that well, time. I, yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, and I think I was, um, now I would do it again for two reasons. Number one, are you listening? I would do it for the gram. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would. I think it looks just drive cool. up to Pruitt Ridge and go home, right? Just Dude, take, I take that some picture. Sick photos. Nobody has a yeah. scour. That's so unique and cool. You man. can do you could do yoga on the roof in your little tiny yeah. whiteies or something like Better that. Better yet, I'll get my yeah, fiance to do yoga on the roof. <laughs> oh, you're exploiting your uh, your partner now, huh? Look, you gotta use what you got. Um, <laughs> and the second reason I would do it is because I think I could do it better this time. Yeah. I know I would hope that it would be. I would hope that it would be more well repaired now. And yeah. I know what or can reliable. go wrong. 
And I would mm-hmm. communicate that up front with the owner. And actually, I'm, I'm like talking with him right now to borrow one of his RVs, which of course is like old and like potentially working. Um, one of two. One of three in this case. One of three. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Two. No, no, no. Just two. This one's just two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'm really trying to communicate with him like, look, let's talk about what happens when something goes wrong here. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't talk about that the last time. And I, I, I didn't have a contingency plan. Yeah. What happens when things go wrong? Oh, mm-hmm. I had some. Like, I brought gas. I forgot to mention I ran out of gas in the Lost Coast. Oh, you did? I did. I ran out, and then I had to use my spare gas, and I barely made it to a gas station. Like, I just bailed on the Lost Coast at that point. <laughs> I had some contingency, but not a lot, man. I didn't even have a Garmin inReach. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm I'm not sure I'd want to leave that Pinscour on the side of the road out in the Lost Coast, man. That thing is liable to either be pushed down the side of the road or be lit on fire the way things kind of operate out there. <laughs> That's insane, <laughs> dude. That's so intense. I don't doubt it. Yeah, yeah. So what would you recommend to someone else doing an overland trip in a Pinscour before they head out? But, you know, you said have a contingency plan, but what are the, some of the things that, you know, you would recommend to somebody? Well, I mean, just really speaking, just practically get it looked at first, get it looked yeah. back at by an expert. And if you own a Pinsgauer, you know, the experts. So just have them look at it or mm-hmm. hopefully you're an expert, not like me, like a, a dumb 20 year old, something just going out with not a lot of mechanic, mechanical knowledge, like learn mm-hmm. that mechanical knowledge and then bring everything you would need to repair it. Cause you can, I mean, it's huge. You, you can literally bring, you could bring a, probably a spare engine in that thing and a spare transmission if you wanted to. It, it's giant. Yeah. 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 I mean, hopefully you just have a better understanding of how your machine works. You know, I, I just, I wish that I was more technically minded so that I had a perfect understanding of my machines so that I could be that prepared, you know, totally. because if, if you're your own mechanic, no problem. Totally. So contingency plan be be more prepared is there anything else that you would have changed about your trip looking back um yeah uh i well i would have uh, i wish that i had known the um the toll that this would have taken on my body i think it was very stressful very stressful and at the time i don't think i was very good at at modulating my stress or Mm self-regulating or or really saying when is it enough that's really something i've learned from my fiance now um and i would have stopped yeah i would have said this was a lot for me this was this didn't go the way that i thought it would um i had a really hard time on usol road it really it was really a lot for my for my system i should have stopped I think um, that's, called I think it. that's, I think that's pretty common for young men. Like, you yeah. know, we have pride and an ego and yeah. I'm not stopping. Right. Like I'm, I'm Thor, I'm going, like right. I'm going until the wheels fall off. And I've, yeah. I've got myself into trouble because of that stupid stuff too. And, you know, you're looking back and you're like, why, why I didn't need to, like, I, I could have changed, but you know, we, uh, we get older and hopefully we get wiser. So, you're in between jobs. Ben, can I interrupt you and just say one more thing? Yeah. Cause it really matters to me. Sure. I would have found people to go with 
And yeah. going out on my recent trip with you, that was so big, man. Like I go on a lot of adventures alone or with one other person and one other person makes a difference. But when you go with totally. a squad, Ben, man, it takes it to another level. A good balance of that is it, it helps, but I just really enjoy having that squad element. Okay, sorry to interrupt. It's, it's nice to do a little bit of both, though. Like I like doing the thing with the kid, just me and him. I like going by myself, and sometimes I like going with a small squad. You know, I'm not one of those guys that likes to roll with 20 cars. Some people like to do that. That's fine. 20 I might just be feel a lot. like people do it. Uh, but you know the the probability and likelihood that something is going to go wrong just increases exponentially as as you add more and more people in there, and it's kind of like herding cats sometimes too. Um, what was the takeaway from the adventure? You know, it didn't turn out as planned. You're going into another job. You get home. Well, let's 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 ask this first. When you finally get home, what are you thinking? Are you like, wow, that was awesome? That sucked. I never want to do it again. I want to do it again. So that's my first question. And then the follow-up, looking back two years later, you're a little bit more mature. You've had some time to contemplate on this experience. What was your takeaway take for the adventure kind of looking back at it now? So yeah, we'll ben. start with 2018 and then we'll go to 2020 and talk about it. Yeah, man. You know, when I went back, we went straight to a spa and hopped in the jacuzzi you deserved it yeah it was great yeah yeah um it was one of those um my buddy belongs to one of these private clubs i don't remember what the name of it is now you know but one of those tech private club things in downtown san francisco so we went there and got in his guest and that was sweet and had bar food and whiskey nice. or something. it was fantastic yeah and then i had to start my job at facebook you know like just a few days later and um that was like uh kind of a rough entry maybe again not knowing my limits i just thought yeah. i could just do it all and i and i yeah. really tried um and i don't i don't think that i told you about this so and i don't know we're getting to the end of the episode but there's a whole other thing here where i actually um i developed uh some chronic pain um after that trip oh, wow. um and i don't think it was just that trip that caused this but it's something that uh, I have dealt with since then and have, and have really actually done a really beautiful job of healing like recently. But I got to say, it has a lot to do with not knowing how to manage uh, my stress and what I can really handle. And I just thought I could yeah. push it and push it and push it. And at that time in my life, I was pushing it in every way possible. I, I had really changed my lifestyle to be drinking, to be eating meat to not be meditating like I had at the time, trying mm. new drugs. Um, and and then I think the stress of this trip really pushed my system over the edge, Ben. And, yeah. and quite frankly, it, it began right that last day. Uh, and wow. it was something that I dealt with the whole time I was at Facebook and still occasionally deal with now. Um, yeah. And um, I think that's just ties into the lesson, you know, which is like really understanding what my limits are, really understanding how to, plan better and understanding when wow that maybe that was a lot man maybe you yeah. need to just call it totally and looking back at 2020 anything that you would add on top of that uh, looking back on 2020 on this year well, or looking back yeah from well looking back from this point in time now that you've had uh -huh. the time to contemplate yeah yeah man i mean I, the, 
looking back, I mean, look, man, a little bit of prior planning might have gone a long way on that trip. Yeah. And um, I think that was something that I needed to do as a younger man. I mean, it was only, yeah, it was only two years, maybe two and change, right? But like, I felt younger then. And yeah. I needed to go out and prove myself and have this experience. And I think I came back and, and I understand more of what I'm actually looking for, right? Like what I actually want to have, not the, not, not the idea of this thing. I, I, I just proved that that's something that I need, or maybe I had that formative experience that I had mm -hmm. to, to have, right? Like I proved to myself that I'm not invincible. I proved to myself that I like having people around. I proved to myself that I can't just show up and have everything work. Mm -hmm. um, these are adult lessons, Ben, and I'm actually grateful for them now. They yeah. made me a bit more of a responsible adult. Yeah, I think we've all been on those adventures where a friend invites you somewhere and there's no itinerary at all. And things quickly go off the rails and you're like, what the F did I get into? Um, I'm a lot better at kind of picking up on when somebody's kind of, you know, when the BS meter starts, beep, 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 right? And why are you hanging you out know, with me, me, man? No, come on. You got the drone. We're good. Oh, um, it yes, it's all for the drone. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but you know, like there's certain people that I'll pick that up and I'm like, you, you go on an adventure and you show me your pictures and, uh, you know. Maybe we'll go on one in the future. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we're at the end of our episode. Is there any anything else you want to add before we close this out? I do. Um, I just want to say thanks for having me, Ben. Absolutely. Um, and uh, for all you guys listening out there, you know, uh, thanks for tuning in. I, it's my pleasure to be here and, and share what I've got with you. I would love it if you check out my channel, uh, Get Lost with Brooks. Um, I think the really good stuff is on YouTube, and, but uh, people seem to like my Instagram more. So, boom, check that out. And, um, you know, if you're new to overlanding and you're, and you're making mistakes like I did, look, man, just keep it up and stay focused on why you do this. Um, and if you've been doing it forever, well, hey, good for you. I uh, hope you're loving it out there. And it's my pleasure to uh, share a little bit of what I got. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks. definitely. So the channels, all one word, right? Get lost with Brooks. On Instagram, yeah, but you know, you can just Google it. I'm sure it'll just Google it. Yeah. What's the website for that? I don't have a website. I just have a YouTube. Get lost no. with Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Maybe I'll make Perfect. a website. What, what would you want on the website? I'll put it there. Tell me in the comments. I all your rad drone shots, but I guess he could just put those on YouTube, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he's got some super sick drone shots. Uh, some really cool. Uh, things that he's done with those. So check them out. Uh, we went on some adventures recently, so you can check some of those out too. Um, again, Brooks, I just wanted to thank you. Uh, you're such a rad guest. You're such a great storyteller. I think this is a really great way to start off the podcast. And I think we need to have you back on again when we're going to talk about overlanding and camping and outdoor etiquette. I think that is an extremely important topic that we need to touch upon. I would, I would love to come back. Very passionate about that. Thanks, Ben. Cool. So thanks everyone for joining. This is Overland Trail Guides. Don't forget to subscribe. You can check us out at www.overlandtrailguides.com. I think for episode two, it looks like we're going to be, we're going to be talking about the Shasta Backcountry Discovery Trail. 
Um, that's a little something that I went on earlier in the year. We're going to have a guest that was on that expedition with us. So be sure to check it out. And uh, thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye-bye.